Philadelphia is a marketing for Airbnbs or vacation rentals. And all you have to do is get, you know, a TikTok account, tens of thousands of followers, all about travel. And then you, yeah, you do the hard part of then reaching out to all these other places and saying, hey, we can market what you have and you can do it on Airbnb and then we get a cut. The following audios the expressed opinions of the hosts and guests and do not reflect investment advice or recommendations of any kind. All funny jokes are just jokes, so don't get it twisted. It is, once again, time to get crazy. July 4th, July 4th week, the American way is, I, I just figured this out, Brayden. Did you know that not every country <laughs> celebrates July 4th? It's just us, for some reason. Makes no sense to me. They should all celebrate America. Here's a question, Connor. When it's your birthday, do all of your friends come to celebrate your birthday? Yeah, heck yeah. It should be everywhere. should be everywhere. Fireworks in France. Not the bad kind. Yeah. <laughs> not to get too political, but yeah, what's happening in France, uh, lots of fireworks. Lots of fireworks. Think, I don't think they're celebrating us. I think they're just popping off. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. We, I don't want to dive into France. This is America's day. This is America's day, man. America's week. Yeah. And you're listening to this podcast, uh, pretty much to the post mortem, of uh, America's birthday. We are, what is it? 2023 public maps, 247, 240. <laughs> yeah. That, nice. is, that is tough. Good for us. Go for America. Man, that's three years from 250. That's a big one. Dude, I know. 250 will be freaking awesome. Um, Think about it, dude. Like your grandparents' grandparents were like kind of around in the beginning. Right? Or grandparents, grandparents, grandparents. Grandparents, grandparents, grandparents. 247? No way. Yeah. That's at least four or five gens, I would say. Think about it. Your grandparents go to almost the 30s. Their grandparents go to the 1830s, another hundred years. Every every grandparents would count as almost 90 to 100 years, I would think. So you got you don't got to go so much further back than that. Grandparents, grandparents, parents. Maybe. Yeah, we're there at the beginning. Grandparents, parents were kids. Grandparents, grandparents were kids, rolling around, paying a penny for a loaf of bread. Like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. One penny. Oh, crazy to think about. Yeah. It doesn't seem that it doesn't seem that far away when you think of it in generations. That is true. You're thinking like, oh yeah, my grandparents saw the Great Depression. I think about that in my head. I'm like, that's ninety years ago. That's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It is wild. But that's what happened. I mean, that's how time works. But anyway, we're in the best week of our lives in terms of America celebrating her birthday. Um, we talked this about this before July 4th, July 3rd, being a half day in the market. Had no idea. That was uh, that was news to me, and I studied the market every single day. I did not see the news that it would just be a half day. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It is good. I think it's worthwhile, right? Everybody gets to take part of the day off and, and go party. And yeah. what a what a nice time to party, man. I don't know how you see. We're halfway through 2023, right? Yeah. Uh 2022 felt like 
walking through the Sahara Desert with no sunscreen and no water and just blistering feet, no sandals or shoes, just felt awful. And this year, it, it feels pretty smooth, you know? Yeah. It's like we've gotten some Alvira. That's what it feels like. That's what it feels like. And who knows where it goes, but it feels better so far. It does feel better. Um, and if you're playing the game at home and you're like, man, yeah, 2023 is different. I, uh, you can say I'm the quote unquote only invest in cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum, you name it. Bitcoin's up over 87% year to date. That's wild. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. And then you've got tons of tech stocks that have made monster returns. You have the S and P 500 getting back above August highs of 2022, which is crazy. Because then you can say, you know, year over year, August to August, if we continue at this pace, it's a positive return, which is stupid because October 2022, massive valley. Terrible, you know? The worst. Yeah, absolutely. But this could be the calm before the storm, right? We do have to pay attention to the fact that economics, I mean, I guess they kind of seem great, but everybody's still super worried uh at least those whom talk the most so i don't know man things could go south uh we did uh strike the supreme court did strike down the student loan repayment program a lot of it was so yeah a lot of people that are yoloing into options that are not going to be able to do that anymore if they have to pay their student loans or they're just not going to pay their student loans like that's i guess another another option um yeah so, they just do that. that's fair yeah i'm targeting like if things get bad it'll probably get bad in like september october it's mm. good point yeah. we see a little bit of those effects but i mean the s&p 500 showing how resilient and it's stupid crazy hot for it to be at the level that it's at right now there are tons of speculation that they pause rate hikes, but they'll continue it because inflation won't be under 3%, which is what they're aiming for. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah, it's kind of a tight place if inflation keeps rolling. I mean, they don't really have a choice. Um, Airbnb, right? I mean, this is a good half year, just what's going on. Airbnb... Right. I think you've probably seen some stuff on Airbnb, people not yeah. doing things for the entire summer so far. So maybe some of the housing, you know, inflation is going to give. That'd, yeah. be That'd be nice. I'd like to go uh, buy one of those Airbnbs that people aren't booking. So uh, I've got some stats for you. Um, I'll, I'll share, it, share it in the chat here for a second. But I just want you to take a guess at like the top three airbnb revenue collapse cities and what you think those cities across the u.s are uh austin texas okay uh, you got number you got one of them austin is number three in the u.s don't look at the tech. all uh miami Miami is no miami didn't make the top 15 oh wow uh let's see okay okay austin la and i want to say big cities like new york city and this is 
revenue in May of 2022 as compared to revenue in May of 2023. Okay. Okay. So 2022, you're still riding some highs, but there was such a flood of Airbnbs and then volume spiked huge. So if you just had like an average, yeah, whatever, Airbnb, you weren't going to get booked. You're going to get outplayed, outmaneuvered by the people that just made this their entire business. And you started it because you watched a TikTok video that had 2 million views on it. And I was like, here's how I make two, $4,000 a month with Airbnb. Yep. Now they're all screwed. Yeah. Rental arbitrage. I could just rent this off of Facebook for $2,000 a month. And then I can put it on Airbnb and make $4,000 a month. Stupid. Oh my God. Yeah. So I cheated. I looked at the answers. So the answers are. Ah, dude, I shouldn't have sent it. So the first place is right outside of Nashville makes sense Spin, and, pronounce that pronounce the word let's let's shame you i'm not pronouncing Seaverville. Seaverville. okay okay Tennessee. okay Seaverville. nice guess that's where all the maids were going phoenix arizona then myrtle beach that's actually surprising because i know that myrtle beach gets tons of traffic in terms of visitors and then san antonio texas that's where i'm from and I mean, real close to Austin, Texas, but that's hilarious that everyone in San Antonio just got destroyed. Other yeah. notables, Asheville, North Carolina, and then actually Nashville, Tennessee. I think that's just, you know, a given. And then different yeah. Colorado makes sense. Breckenridge, Colorado. That is hilarious to me. <laughs> that's where they all were. That's where they all were. That could have been us, man. That could have been us. Yeah, looking into Breckenridge, of course, but here's part of the issue. Like, it just shows, it doesn't give you reason why there's decreasing revenue, but Breckenridge, Colorado being like, what are they on this list? Number 10 in the U.S. in terms of Airbnb revenue collapse. Regulation. Breckenridge and then Summit County, Colorado, went absolutely crazy to say no one is allowed to stay here in short-term rentals. Yeah, regulation just went as they should. They really want, you know, locals or other people to afford these four-bedroom, $2 million houses because those are the types of jobs that are in Breckenridge. So they're like, yeah, we need these for the locals. Like, you can't just short-term rent all these places because they can totally afford that two to $4 million house. Good again, yeah. Off the income produced, just in Breckenridge at a cashier job. Yeah, exactly. I like a candy store. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That's what that's what burns me is I get that they want locals and they don't want to just offer up every single residence as like vacationers can come in. But the more vacationers that come in, totally some money on the economy. Yeah. More people are coming to spend money versus everyone that owns a four or five million dollar house in Breckenridge or surrounding area they're only going to be up there one maybe two months a year months i would think maybe a few weeks for a lot of them like through yeah they can be up there only four weeks out of the year yeah you're me you don't want like oh man it's overcrowded no it's overcrowded with people with money that are there on vacation that are spending more money than they do on their normal day-to-day that's that that's my question is like, do you think, do you think that one very wealthy family 
staying there for four weeks spends more money than a local who works at the lift and makes $20 an hour in a year? No. The simple answer is absolutely not. I can understand their sentiment of, oh, this is sudden dramatic change. I'm used to my Breckenridge being crowded in the winter for ski season. That makes sense. And then maybe July or August, super hot months, people escape to the mountains. But man, it's, you know, March 18th. I never see anyone here and I just want it to be empty. That is the only reason why people would, you know, offer up those regulations because from the positive side effects of so much more money coming into the city, why are you limiting it? That makes sense. Unless, here's the other part, people that push that regulation are those people that have had vacation homes there forever, and then they get the quote-unquote license, licenses. I mean, yeah, they just grandfather people. Yeah, and they're like, we were here in 03, 2003. Yeah, we don't want a lot more volume or options because we want people to stay in our houses. And that's the only reason that I can think of is it's not the locals that care about, oh, no, don't let more STRs. It's literally the people that are, quote, unquote, look. The only way to, yeah, it's the only way to build their monopoly is regulation. It's the only way to protect the moat. The other way to protect the moat on Airbnb, and where I've, I've heard from people who are not having trouble, is there's a big difference between the two-bedroom, 100 to 250 a night stay and the resort $1,500 a night stays. And I have heard from some people here in Austin who have like the resort type, like this is a big deal, you know, like groups come, big families, people, big spenders come. They're booked all, They're booked every week. They still got to, right? They have no problem making bookings, but there's just not enough of those. Um, so counterintuitively, what if you raised your price 10x on your little two bedroom and tried to see if you got some of the rich people to stay? No, there? because yeah, and you're when you do the cheapo Airbnb and you're like, I just need a lot of bookings, then you're playing a race to the bottom. Versus, you're right, the Airbnb at Breckenridge that's like, hey, you can stay here for a month, and it's a six bedroom mansion, but that's 15 grand. You're like, and I could pay 15 grand for this vacation. Or I can go through the trouble of trying to own a house just like this. I think I'm going to pay the $15,000. And that's the person or family who's making $700,000, dollars $900,000 a year. And they're like, I've got a big family and this is worth it. And, so, and I got money that I have to spend, right? They're like, yes, I, I have I have money and I can spend the twelve fifteen dollars a month for a full-time vacation. And it's just fun. And it's so much easier than trying to buy a house and just have it up there that's what's really nice with airbnb and i bet you a competitor or you might know this is there a competitor that just does luxury like you have your airbnb lux l-u-x-e that they have and those are the super nice airbnbs um for those types of families they're big they're expensive but they're very very nice and compared to owning a home it's just so much more worth it is there a platform that's just those? There should be. There should be a platform wholesaling those. I think because there should be a platform. Platform. So the person that I know, we both know him, uh, who who works here in Austin with some of those bigger ones. The reason I know some of this, he does SEO for them. What they're trying to do is get off of Airbnb and establish their own websites and become like a resort type thing. 
there should just be a way to wholesale to their websites, to their things, and take a smaller wholesaling fee than what Airbnb does and outcompete by bringing people only to the luxury places. You take a smaller percentage fee, but the smaller percentage fee, it's all big deals. It's all big payouts. So yeah, worth it. That's a decent idea, man. That would be cool. Well, here's the deal is I, I've told you this idea too. Like we were talking about this last year, beginning of last year, even before these mega drops in revenue. The problem Airbnb has is too much volume. Everyone got an Airbnb and they listed it because there is no restriction on listing. You just have to put the pictures in and you kind of get it set up and you're done in minutes, truly. And so everyone, there's, I don't know, I want to say millions of different listings just in the US. And that causes issues with people that have good Airbnbs that just don't get noticed for vacation rentals. And all you have to do is get, you know, a TikTok account, tens of thousands of followers, all about travel. And then you, yeah, you do the hard part of then reaching out to all these other places and saying, hey, we can market what you have and you can do it on Airbnb and then we get a cut. And that's genius. Mm. There's something to be said about playing there. And you can call the website Luxury BNB. And okay. yeah, you can suit for that one. You would, you think? Luxury BNB? Yeah, they're, they're not, because they own Lux, L U X E, and they are pretty stickular on BNB. And you're a nobody. Stupid. This may sound stupid. What is Lux? Lux is just part of Airbnb.com that it's just they're super nice rentals. So they'll put like an ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on Airbnb and it'll be like a normal looking Airbnb, but you click on it and it's like Airbnb lots. You know, oh, this is the nicer one. And oh, look at the price per night. It is, it is a lot nicer. But what is, yeah, this is the time. I think this is the time where new jobs are going to come out of Airbnb that are going to be all about, it's going to be the equivalent of a, of a travel agent or a real estate agent for Airbnb. And people yeah. are going to pay you to get more bookings on their Airbnb because they're not getting any volume, right? That's the only way to compete and stand out now is you got to pay somebody to actively market your Airbnb, which goes back to if only you had a TikTok with like, I don't know, 10,000 followers, then it was all about travel that you could be like, yeah. hey, I think that this is I think that this is the time where people are desperate enough now to get a booking that they would pay for that because if they don't, they can't cover the mortgage. Or okay, then that's the big part too. Cause you can even see this at Austin, because I'm a dreamer. I know I'm gonna get a twenty million dollar lake house one day that's super reasonable in Austin, Texas, right? So so fun. There are so many for sale because I they've probably got bought. 2020, 2021, super low interest rates. And people thought I can just rent this out and it can cover a good portion of the mortgage. And then I get to use it when I want, but different regulations and other things come up or it just becomes harder to rent or people are wanting to stay at that mega, mega place because they don't know it exists. So what you can do is let's say you have a TikTok account that has 11.9 thousand followers all for travel. And you say, I'm going to go ahead and build that or just directly contact all these massive Airbnb VRBO listings and say, hey, 
we'll make a TikTok for this, but we'll also go ahead and give you a full custom domain and website, which you can build for $2 that you can book through. It'll attach your LLC. If you don't have the LLC, that's also an added service expense. But then this will all book through that one website. And instead of paying Airbnb or VRBO 15, 18%, you pay us 5% off that one website. And all your bookings will get done. And it'll be the nicest looking website in the world. So do you call it do you call it white glove BNB? <laughs> no, you don't do that. Okay. Um, you gotta stop doing the B and B stuff. Like you, you just gotta come up with its own name and you make it just custom. Like you're not involved besides the consultant. It's like the house comes with a consultant. Yeah. At the bottom of every website, it's like made by your company name that has the 11.9 thousand followers on TikTok, right? And every booking confirmation email, you can set all that up for them. That also comes with your stuff at the bottom because they're going to send that to their friends and family and they're all going to be like, oh, who's this? Who's White Glove b and It's the stupidest name. I hate you so much. Who is that company name? And then you grow virally from there too. And then the TikTok grows and then that grows and then people are like, oh, you get tons of bookings and you build out these websites for everyone who has these massive homes and they just can't get a booking. I want that. And you don't charge me. You just take a cut, 5%, 10% even in the future. Like that's so smart. Hmm. There's a, uh, there's a, there's an angle to that of being, you become like the marketing company. I, so I'm going to give a side story here that I think is interesting. Um, you know that I've been looking through tons of VC groups just for the sake of looking through tons of VC groups. I found one recently that is a two-person team and the two-person team was listed on the team sheet. And then underneath that, there was this other guy's name. And I, I don't even remember the, I don't remember what all the names of these things were, but that guy's name, it just said, hey, this guy's head of marketing. Here's his website. So I go to his website and his website, I look at the about and it's all the services. There's all these marketing services. We'll make it, you know, social posts, videos, all everything, website, all of that. Then it's like, we have an exclusive partnership with this VC firm. And if you sign up with us, you can get access to exclusive capital from this VC firm. And what I took from that was there's a symbiotic relationship thing where the VC firm, when they invest with somebody, they immediately take them to that marketing group and go, hey, yep. we're going to add value to your company for this marketing group. And vice versa, if you sign up with that marketing group, that marketing group can go, hey, you need capital. Here's this VC group. And so there's something to be said about sitting in the middle there as a marketing group, as a distribution group. Distribution is so important, right? Content is king. Uh, there's something yep. to be said about sitting sitting in that way where people maybe bring you homes and you bring people homes, something along those lines. But um, that's a cool idea. And I think it translate to, translates to a lot of different places for sure. Yeah, I think it's super hard to get off the ground, what I just explained. Um, but it is doable if you're truly committed to it. But what you would actually have to do is just find all these listed VRBOs or Airbnbs and say like, Hey, we do marketing here. Uh, we have this channel. We can get you popular. What we recommend is stop paying Airbnb or VRBO this much money. And instead just have it and book it directly through your own site. 
and then we get 5% of all bookings and then you pay us like, uh, you know, 50, $70 a month for like maintenance costs on website or emails. Do you, you think it ends up being cheaper net than Airbnb? If someone were to do it through this and they could get popular or they like, you know, get those stay, they can leave it on Airbnb too. You don't have to remove that, but just all those bookings, you're paying Airbnb as well, right? Versus you can do that. And what you should do as well is also offer it wholesale. So Airbnb price per night, because you have to pay them so much more money is $1,200 a night. Would you charge on your website could be nine fifty a night, right? And there's a way to maybe even say that in the description of like Google sunset on the lake, whatever thing. And that's your, that's also your like, uh, web. Yeah. That's your domain. Thank you. So that wouldn't work. And then you just, yeah, you could be smart and say, no, I can just pay two, 200, $300 to somebody to make me a killer website. And that wouldn't be good. But then you kind of have to do your own SEO and marketing and everything else for it versus the SEO and marketing group. So what does your, like, what does your buddy do for the SEO stuff for these places? Um, just manages Google ads and stuff like that. Sets them up with people, people to write about the homestay, make sure everybody sets up automatic review processes, stuff like that. Does he or she build the website for him? Yes. Okay. Yes. Builds the website, manages the domain, manages all of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. So what they should do on top of that is like, Hey, we have our own social channels and we'll push and, you know, promote you like crazy on all this. And then we get a 5% cut off of what's conducted over Stripe on your own website. He also does drone footage. Get out of town. I think drone I know who he is. Now you do. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, he just does it. You, you know, you can do it all for these people and get it going. Um, I don't know. There's an idea there. So we'll see. We'll wait till there's blood in the streets and then we'll come in as the, uh, as the, as the heroes. Well, that was what I was going to end with. And I always spent way too much time on Airbnb stuff, but it is quote unquote, how the real estate market's going to be affected as well as all these other commercial real estate loans that were done in the most sketchy, stupid ways because money was so cheap in 2020 and 2021. There's going to be a ton of listings. Yeah. There's None of stuff that are just, this isn't making me the money I thought it would, and I'm dying. Yep. And don't want to list it for what it was listed in 2021 because I need to escape with something. And so that's just going to drive the you know price of homes up and up and up because the information is there. You're thinking, no, yeah, it was this much in 2021. Well, of course, the real estate market never experiences a downturn. It's still that same, or it's still a lot higher than that. Uh, which is going to be stupid. And we've Wait, seen... you think that housing prices are going to go up as a result of this? Is that what you just said? 100%. Because everyone who's listing, they're not listing it as, I'm a homeowner who's owned this home for 10 plus, 15 plus years, and this is the actual probably valuation and price of this house. You're going to see a ton of listings from people that bought in 2020 and 2021 who are like, yeah, it's gone up 15, 20% for sure. Because this was an investment to me and I need it to be listed that high. And they're just going to get pummeled. We're just going to break it. They're not going to sell at those prices. No. 
Now, I, I think that the ultimate thing is that these homes will go for much cheaper than they will be losses for a lot of these people. Exactly. Yep. yep. But overall, there it's still going to just be, it's going to be negative for the real estate market because that hypothetically changes the algorithm or calculation of, oh, I own a home and I've been here for 15 years. Everybody in this neighborhood or zip code is selling for this much per square foot. So mine's probably close to that. And then they list, but it's not. And then they kind of get hurt too, because there's so much volume and other things that it's not going to be a collapse. It's just if, if they list, this is the rub, dude. This is the big rub is like you have the people who bought homes to live in. Yeah. And you're locked in it at interest rates 3% and below. They cannot sell. If they sell, they will be downsizing because to go into a similar place, they'll be paying twice as much in a mortgage, probably can't afford it. So those sellers, they're not, they, it's unlikely they're going to sell unless they're forced, right? Yeah. That's one edge, which is like, hey, nobody's going to sell houses. So real estate market's not going down. Then you have the other edge, which is the Airbnb people who are like, I don't live there. I have a note on this. I can't make my payments. I got to get out. So the question becomes, which has more volume? Which has more people? Are there more people who are stuck with interest rates and payments that they can't sell and move somewhere else? Or are there more people that have Airbnb, bought Airbnbs? I don't know. Time will tell. But I think the the push-pull there is what determines the real estate market. Yeah. If you're going to see a lot of mega, mega ugly sales over the next couple of years from people that bought, you know, these properties or commercial properties at this bridge loan or that bridge loan or whatever. And it's just, I think it's starting to happen right now. And yeah. that's going to be negative. It's going to be negative too, because, uh, do you see this, that BlackRock, maybe you sent it to me they lowered their, uh, office building part of their real estate portfolio from like over 60%, which is what it was in 2019 to under 10, yeah. under 10% of their overall. They dump, they're dumping. That is, that is, that is the definition of dumping. Yeah. And guess what they are buying? What? Uh, residential. Are they? Yeah. Uh, sure. Residential. Homes, neighborhoods, all that. Yeah. That is the definition of dumping. So I don't know, man. I mean, I, my one thing I can say on this, and somebody's asked me about this, oh, commercial real estate, it's going down. Like, what does that mean for us? I am not confident, right? In 2008, everybody's scared of a 2008 scenario because the housing market affected the consumer because it was residential houses. Yeah. On the commercial level, I am not confident that people will be any more impacted then they will see a guy walk down the street who looks like he's mopey and dopey. And that's because he just lost a bunch of money on commercial properties. I don't think that I, I'm not confident people will see more than that. I think it's just hidden, you know, like it's a space that's hidden from the consumer. consumer. So I don't know. It's like a scary, but at the same time, it's like, nobody's going to care except for the few people who lose their ass. Which will be a lot of people. Maybe. I mean, what do you mean by a lot? Like the industry, the commercial industry for commercial owners, there's probably less of them than there are, um, shoot, I don't know, people who, uh, definitely people who work in industries, right? There's definitely less of them than people who work in oil and gas. Now, like 
it's like the oil and gas industry is going under. It's not like um, that tech, definitely. Um, I just don't think, I think compared to the whole population, it's not that much. Yeah. What would you guess at it? Three, three million, maybe? Own properties? Uh, maybe a little higher. If I already just can yeah. yeah. Four. So one per, one or two percent of the population just loses everything. Okay. Yeah, shrug over your shoulders, right? Like, yeah. Oh, it wasn't me. Like that's okay. That's but, what, I think that's what most people will feel. Well, we'll see. I think yeah. Overall, it may not have to because they'll lose what they have, and then opportunists will come in and say, oh, "Yeah, I'll take it at this price." Yep. Yeah. And that's just how it works. That's natural selection in commercial real estate. In a lot of things, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is kind of the way that it operates most of in the time. Business, in business in the world, that is how it goes. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's still going to be, we'll, we'll see the shakedown. It's not going to be as ugly as a lot of people are saying, but for how different things actually end up happening in the world of commercial real estate and then these Airbnbs, it's just the people that I'm frustrated that it hurts are those that own a bunch of properties or no, I'm sorry, don't own a but they own a home outright. And they're like, yeah, this is the home that I've owned for 20 years and I bought it at a steal and I want to sell it for a ton and they just can't. So that's just the timing of the market. Because if they wanted to sell it in 2021, they would have gotten way more. So, timing, timing is huge. Uh, why don't we talk about this? Uh, S&P 500 has been flat. It did shoot up dramatically last week, um, which is kind of crazy. But Tesla, we get in on this guy. Tesla shot up on July 3rd. That, it went up. Oh, let me pull up the chart itself. What did it do? Um, yeah, the highest it went up was 7.74%. And it ended at like almost at 6.9%. Yeah. That's wild to me. It is. Off of deliveries alone. And they report, like you said, before the call in a few weeks on all their earnings and everything else. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's one of two things, and I think it really is a 50-50 gamble, right? Either A, more people are buying Teslas, right? More Teslas deliveries, those are true, and they're maintaining the same margin, in which case they're going to make a lot more money than estimated. Or yep. B, they've dropped their prices significantly, and that has made people more incentivized to buy them, um, and they won't make as much money. Or or they'll or they'll make less money. I don't know. Yeah. It really is A or B. Uh what a fun stock, man. That has been such a fun stock for four years or something like that, or five years. People just having their way. Yeah. Option trading it and either losing their entire life or turning it into the best thing that's ever happened to them. Yeah. You know. Changed a lot of lives, that is for sure. Uh oh. Hey, so can you tell me, is Elon going to fight Mark Zuckerberg? Great way to bring it up. And I'm going to say no, because he would get his ass handed to him by Zuck. 
You think so? Oh my goodness. He's got, I don't know, maybe 80, 90 pounds on Zuckerberg, but he doesn't train in any fight. Maybe that's a smoke screen. Maybe he does or does something. But if you don't have any training of getting punched in the face and someone punches you in the face, that changes everything. Yeah, it's true. It truly does. I just, I saw some funny tweet that had been lined up like an MMA card lineup. And it was so funny. It was just like, Mark Zuckerberg, right? He's so much smaller. And it was like, build, built like an athlete. And then Elon's, it was like, build, built like a refrigerator. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> but that, that's fair. It's true. It like, is. It, and it's hard. Like, think about taking down a refrigerator, like fighting a refrigerator. Yep. And there is such a size difference. But in my opinion, if Mark just gets to try to do anything, uh, and he's been trained in several different forms of martial arts. If you get Elon onto the ground and you just start twisting and bending his arm in ways that it shouldn't bend, like you, you're gonna win if it's a true cage match. Like if it's boxing, I will say this: if it's boxing, it's a completely different story. It's still such an endurance sport that I I would give Zuck the win, but that's so much harder. Yeah. I saw something that Elon said where he's like, uh, yeah, I'll just do the walrus technique and I will weigh a hundred pounds heavier than the guy underneath me and I'll win and he'll have to tap. I'm just like, ah, I mean, you're talking to guys that know Krav Maga and all these other things and all they want to do is just like spin around on you on the floor. They they want you on the ground. Yeah. And you're kind of more dangerous if you're, you know, using your lower weight standing and it's just a boxing match. Like, uh, I don't know how much you know about UFC or if you followed it back in the day, but it's like a Brock Lesnar or Kimbo Slice. It's like, I'm big, so I'll win. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It got smoked by the time. It's like, uh, you could, and those guys were trained in, you know, punching and kicking and getting punched and kicked. Versus Eklon, who has nothing. But he he has tremendous size. I would love to eat works. I would love for Zuckerberg to actually fight Elon. And there's I'll pay for that fight. I've seen the memes. I'll pay for the fight. <laughs> Everyone would. Everybody would pay for that fight. That is that be the it'd biggest be, part. Like it would be the biggest thing that's ever happened in yeah. the world. Like they're not just the richest guys in the U.S. They are the richest humans in the world. And yep. people kill. To see yeah, it. Handle that. They would. They really would. Uh, would they stream it on Twitter or Facebook? That's what I thought through. And they, they couldn't do either. They would have to do pay-per-view on its its own third party. Right. Yeah. And then depending on who loses, it's not allowed on that. <laughs> that platform video's gone. Video's yeah. Gone. It's like, oh, you posted that? Sorry, that violates our terms of service yeah. that uh, our CEO mandated because you suck. Because he did. By the way, Pivot to, uh, I want to come back to Twitter. Quick pivot to Meta. Have you seen the news that Meta is starting to monetize WhatsApp? How? No. Um, Some sort of special privileges on WhatsApp messaging and like they're trying to make it like a business suite. I believe they're charging like something like $3 per user. But the expectation, I've seen expectations that at $3 per user, like the number of people that pay for it. I think they compared it to Twitter. Was it compared to Twitter's conversion? Maybe, maybe not. $3 a month? 
Yeah. Uh, came down to like like $2.6 billion of the bottom line, like 10% of their income. Um, wow. So I don't know where that goes, but I think those numbers are coming out here in the next quarter or two. Uh, so go meta. No. And so interesting about WhatsApp is they, that is, you, for, you, you, it wasn't until I started working with friend filter that I learned the size and amount of people internationally that use Facebook and WhatsApp for affiliate marketing, all kinds of business networking. They use it like LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. So, I mean, a lot of people in the U S would never pay for WhatsApp. Why would they? But at $3 a month, dude, everybody in India, everybody in, in shoot, I don't know, wherever else, they're going to be all over it, all over here's it. The, here's the transition, and we'll end with this one because I've noticed this, and I want to write about it because I think it would be popular on Twitter or blog, but a shift from products that were just free, like your Instagram, your Facebook, your uh, email. Everybody can get on email for free. Um What's that? All subscriptions. Yeah. And then Uber, Airbnb, it's free. So look at these rides, but then the monetization comes in the transaction cost. Yeah. But it's free to list your car or your phone on Airbnb or Uber, right? And all these other things. But the problem with that being is it's so much harder. People are now used to that type of format and they got hooked into their own thing. Why would they flock to Clubhouse, a free social media thing? Why would they use a different new Reddit? Like they're still going to use Reddit. They're still going to use YouTube and they'll get the ads there to where I think the businesses that will really start to succeed are those that just straight up say like, yeah, you want to use this product or service? It's this much per month. And then we will just continue to raise those prices and like you'll, you'll stick around. But it has to be, yes, a product or service that really kills. And it's so helpful or valuable that you see the immediate, yeah, I'll pay for it. But I just don't see businesses that are like, yeah, this is free. And we'll, we'll do what Facebook did. And we'll get so many more people to come in and click and be a part of this. And then we'll monetize later. I do not. I think that ship has sailed. I think it's gone. You have to start charging immediately for the product or thing that you have. I think you might be right. I think you might be right. We'll see. We'll see where that goes. You should definitely write about that though, because it's a very interesting development, very interesting development that's happening. It really sucks because I don't like paying for anything. No. Oh, the, okay. So the attention grabbers and things will always be free, but now you're starting to see something with Twitter where they, they limit how much you're looking at, right? Yeah. Instagram. Instagram still has so many people. TikTok has so many people uh, that'll just stay on it for hours. Snapchat's a little bit different. I think Snapchat's going to do something similar to Twitter where it's like, you want to send this many messages, you're going to have to start paying per month. Like Snapchat started charging $2 a month, $3 a month for, hey, you got to, you, you can send 10 messages per day. And if you exceed that, you owe us $3 a month on any day, right? Um, that's going to be game-changing. And then people are just going to pay it. What will be so interesting is if that ended up knocking down free text messaging and text messages through mobile carriers. 
know what I mean? Because if I were paying for Snapchat, I would just that I would just use that for my texting and stuff. I mean, that's what most kids in college and high school right now do anyway. Um, yeah, I'd be charging for that. It's like, okay, great. I'm just going to move everything there then. It's cheaper and I don't talk on the phone anyway. Yeah, I think what they'll realize is, yeah, that's going to suck charging. Netflix just did this. This is why it's top of mind. Like Netflix, you can't share passwords anymore, right? And then they're just booting people off their household account and then all this stuff. So now I'm like, I, do I even want to pay for Netflix or anything like that? And that's tough. And I think I will. But like, you're going to have that. You're still going to have that existing account that's paying that same amount. And then you're going to have others that start paying too. Yep. I think net, Netflix's revenue is going to skyrocket. Yeah. Earnings. Maybe, yep. maybe not that it's upcoming earnings. Maybe it's going to take a few months to kick in. But it's going to jump yeah because churn they're not going to lose every account because the account can still stay there they're just going to gain that household's other members that's exactly right this is the big shift i think that's happening in software is hey this is great that you're here and like you got a free ride for so long uh that ship's gone you gotta start paying so true there's low downside to those decisions the household Netflix is still going to be paid for. Yeah. Everyone's paying for it. They're not giving it out. But now the kids or whoever has to start paying for their own too. Yeah. And like the way you get around this is you just have to be at a size that can just deal with it, i.e. Facebook or Google that can just survive off paid ads. Yeah. And they will never go away. Never. Yeah. And they can maybe start to monetize in a couple of interesting creative ways but they're good enough to just have the free product free forever. Yep. Where your Twitter, your Snapchat, your Netflix, these giant giants that have been around forever realizing, no, we need, we need some more income and we can just monetize of our users. Yeah, exactly. Oh so, man. How wild. Yeah. But anyway, guys, that's the pod. Appreciate y'all. Uh, hopefully you had the greatest America week. Happy um, birthday, America. Happy birthday, America. Uh, give me your best eagle screech. No. All right. And with that, we'll end it. Appreciate you guys. Mm-hmm.